Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining Youth Ministry with Tyshawn Rowland. I really hope this podcast is blessing you. I know as a youth pastor, it's hard to find resources at times that could help you with how to strengthen your message, how to connect with a leader, how to follow up with a volunteer, how to plan a camp. What do you do after a camp? You know, there's so many things that, so many questions, even outside of preaching, that you experience with youth ministry, but there are not a lot of places that you can go to get those resources. I pray that this is a place that blesses you, the minister, and also you, the ministry. And there's something you can do before we go further, okay? You can help me by subscribing, by liking, and commenting. And the biggest thing is that as you're listening to things, I do think it's important. If you're sitting here and you're like, I know somebody that is struggling with this exact thing, send it to them. Just send just send it to them. Not for me, actually for them. So I think it's going to be a benefit. You know, we got to be youth pastors that are helping each other. But today, I am so excited about this episode. It is called Let the Youth do the ministry. Let the youth do the ministry. I want I want to share a story in a little bit. I think it's important to do a little story time with Tyshawn so you can get to know me a little bit. And I, I was thinking about this. I actually think about this almost, I don't want to say every day. That would be a lie. But definitely every other day, this thought crosses my mind. And I've been like allowed to preach one way, shape, or another since I was about 13, 12 years old. I remember the first time I shared at my small group, I was 12. I remember the first time I think I uh, helped do offering where like I passed the, you know, the, the little bowls down the row. It was such a big deal at the time. I was 13. But there was this one particular memory. I'm 14 years old. I was in Algebra 2. I was walking out when class got done, and I get a phone call from this woman named Kathleen Curry. Kathleen Curry says, hey, Tyshawn, Pastor Jabin wants to know if you would be available to do a give it a go this weekend. Now, for those that want to know what a give it a go is, is when you give a little kid a chance, a go, some might say, to preach the gospel for about five minutes. So they were letting me preach the gospel five times for five minutes. So in my head, I'm preaching 25 minutes this weekend. I really got to prep. You know, I really got to put my focus in. I remember that week. I remember I grabbed my Bible. I was like, okay, first service, you know, because they they ain't really saved. We're going to go some Old Testament, scare them into salvation type thing, you know. And then in the, in the morning, going to be some, you know, older folk. We're going to give them some grace, give them some rich and mercy type stuff. And then I remember the last service, I walked up to my mom right before. I said, mom. I think I'm gonna go off my notes. I don't, I think God's doing a, my mom looked at me. It's like, what, what did we just create? A monster. That's what happens. A monster got created. But I just remember that weekend I preached horrible, man. It was, it was so bad, but you know what? I was so grateful that God used me. I was so grateful that God would even give me a chance, you know, because at 12, I got saved and then 13. Okay. I'm passing the offering, you know, little bowls. And then now at 14, oh yeah, I got my little five minutes in my head. By 16, this whole thing is mine, but I'm going to tell you before we get to the end of that story, that never happened. But I remember being young at 14 years old, realizing that, man, God wants to use me. I probably should start working a little bit harder. You know that after I did my give it a go, I went home and I started reading my Bible more because I didn't want to get a chance like that again and not know the word. I was so, I remember being so discouraged that I didn't have the scripture memorized. I I kept having to go back to the pulpit. And then I left. I was like, you know what? I don't want to have to go back to the pulpit. I'm going to start memorizing what I say. It is the reason that now at 29 years old, why I memorize the majority of my sermons is because this desire started at 14. Why did it start at 14? Because the opportunity was given to me at 14. And I love, I'm so grateful for a church that allowed youth to do the ministry. 
I'm so grateful for a church that said, hey, Tyshawn, have a give it a go. Hey, Tyshawn, go ahead and do it. I remember me and a lot of my friends that grew up in that church, we were all doing things at 16, 17, 18 years old. And now those same friends, I look at what we're doing with our lives at 28, 29, and 30 years old. And it's no wonder that God is using us, not because we're so great or so spectacular. It's because we got exposed to opportunity very, very early. I want to talk about today about that today in youth ministry because as an evangelist, I have an opportunity to go to a lot of youth ministries this week. I'm so excited. Um, in a few days, we go to L.A., then San Diego, and we're going to be sharing the gospel at a few different uh, youth ministries and a church this weekend. And oftentimes when I go to churches, when I go to youth ministries, there's times I walk in and you can tell from the moment that you get there, music's bumping. You know it's a youth ministry when you can hear it as you're driving in because it's ungodly loud, you know? And then you just hear the music, you feel the vibe, you see all the all the normal youthy things, people holding signs, but then you get out the car and you go into service and you're like, oh, this is gonna be the bomb. I'm gonna tell you what I always think some youth pastors miss it is that service starts and someone who's 37 gets up and does the welcome to youth ministry okay they get up no disrespect to 37 years old 37 year olds i turned 30 this year okay i respect you you season saints you but after you see the 37 year old give announcements now you have the 24 year old that's about to lead the first song then you got a 25 year old that's about to lead the second song then you got a 21 year old that looks 16 but they're 21 and they're leading the third song then one of the interns comes up who's about maybe 23 or 24. They do that little transitionary moment, encouraging young people to worship. Young people, you know, they're doing their best. You know, then they go into a soft moment. And then it's like, hey, we want to do offering real, real quick. And because you're already up there, just go ahead and allow the intern to do the offering because he has to grow in his preaching gift, of course. And then after that's done, let's go into another song where we have a 27-year-old lead that song. After we have that 27-year-old do that, let's now bring in the 25-year-old or 26-year-old youth pastor to preach a message about how God wants to use young people, but we didn't see it all service. I think that's what happens. I don't think we mean to do that. I don't think we anticipated that that's what we're doing. But sometimes the message that we preach in the ministry that we build are conflicting messages because the message that we preach, God wants to use young people. The ministries that we build, you got to be 25 or older to touch the microphone. And I, I want to, I, I want to, because I know there's some people already, Tyshawn, who do you think you are? I'm a man of God. That's who I am. But we're going to go to the Bible because I don't want you to be mad at me. This is what, this is what God's word says. If you know who Samuel is, Samuel is very, very important in the Old Testament. And he's just important, period. He didn't choose just one king for Israel. He chose both kings, both Saul and David. And Samuel himself was a miracle baby. He was a miracle birth, and you should just get to know his story. But before he was Samuel choosing kings, I'm going to show you what he was doing when he was 12 years old. The Bible says, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 11, and the boy, the boy, not the grown man with a beard, not the boy, not a grown man in an internship, the boy was ministering. I want to ask you a question to the youth pastors and youth leaders before we go further. Do you believe that boys can minister? Do you believe that girls can minister? Do you actually believe? I know you pray it. I know you say it in your sermons. But do you really believe that God right now can raise up an 11-year-old that can usher in a revival in their local middle school? Because I really do. Because if God has some Samuels back in the day, I know he has some Samuels today. It says, and the boy 
was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli the priest. I'm going to go down to verse 18. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy clothed with a linen ephod. I'm going to go to chapter 3, verse 1. Now the boy, Samuel, was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Rare in those days. I, I want to show you how in the Bible, before God used Samuel to choose kings, God used Samuel as a little boy to minister to the Lord. And I think it's our job to make sure we are creating opportunities for young people to minister to the Lord. They may not know what they're doing, just like I didn't know what I was doing when I did that give it a go. I had, when I was saying Akuta Matata in replacement of my prayer language, the whole time I was like, what am I saying? What am I saying? What am I saying? And then right after I got done, I was like, that was horrible. I want to do it again. <laughs> I want to try again because maybe the second time around, I'm going to get it. There was something so essential about being a part of a church, being a part of a ministry that empowers young people to do ministry. Hey, are you enjoying this podcast? I really enjoyed recording it. I, I want to also make you aware of a resource that I have just for youth pastors or youth leaders that are teaching or preaching to young people. It is a course called How to Preach with to Gen Z. I took about four or five hours just to put it together for you. And if you want it, go ahead. The link is in my description. It's also in my link tree. And I pray it blesses you or maybe someone that you know. Now get back to listening to that phenomenal podcast. And hey, that's an anointed man of God, ain't he? Jenny Mayo. You got to know Jenny Mayo. If you're in youth ministry and you don't know Jenny Mayo, I'm going to I'm gonna help you out. When you have a youth pastor conversation, just go ahead, drop Jenny Mayo in, and you're going to get some quick street cred. Even your parents were probably impacted by Jenny Mayo when she was in youth ministry. She has this, this famous phrase that I love. It's not youth ministry unless youth are doing the ministry. It's not youth ministry unless youth are doing the ministry. I, I want to have just a dialogue with you. I, I really don't want this to be a episode that you feel bad. And I know sometimes the way I naturally talk, it can make some people feel bad sometimes. So I smile to make sure that I'm not making people feel bad. But I want to ask you a question. If young people aren't involved with your youth ministry, why aren't they? It probably could be because you're afraid to give them a mic because you have no idea what they're going to say. It probably could be because you're probably listening to me like Tyshawn, since you were 12, you were obsessed with ministry. So, of course, we can give you the mic at 14. But you know who taught me to be obsessed with ministries? Other leaders, other people. You know who taught me how to hold the microphone? Other leaders. I think one of the things that if you don't have a youth ministry that is a that is primarily allowing young people to do the ministry, I want to help you out with a few ideas that I do think that could help you right now. Number one, I think a student leader team. A student leader team is one of the best things I think every youth ministry could have. What is a student leader? You really don't know. You really, we really, to this day, I don't even know what a student leader is, but it could be whatever you want that student to make it. You know, when, when a student just gets an opportunity to be a leader, they're going to say, okay, I'm going to take this seriously. And you start defining it at the level that they take it seriously. I think a student leadership team is so great. A group of 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds coming to the church. Maybe they visit uh, an hour early. Maybe they come an hour early and you allow that student leadership team to do two things. Set up the room and pray over all the chairs. I know you don't need anybody to pray off the chairs, but why not? I know you probably don't need the young people to set it up, but why not? 
Why not allow them to be a part of it? And then at the end of the night, allow them to help you tear it down. And then when you guys come together, say, you know what? I'm so thankful tonight. I'm so thankful for your sacrifice. I'm so thankful for you to come in early and to be a part of it because they didn't know they can be involved. They didn't know they could show up early. A lot of young people are in your church and they want to be used by God, but they don't know how to be used and they don't know if they're allowed to be used. And if you're the hero, they're probably doing what I did when I was in youth ministry. I would do stuff like this. By the time I'm 30, I could be used by God. By the time I'm 30, I was just telling Daniel, who's on the other side of the camera, I said, I don't know what it is, but everyone was talking about 30 when I was a kid. And I remember the idea of being used by 30 was destroyed when God started using me at 14, when God started using me at 15, when God started using me at 16. I think sometimes we can get so caught up in the game of youth ministry, and I think every youth pastor, we go through that. I'm going to be talking about that in a few weeks, just about don't follow the game. Don't get in the game. I'm not going to go in detail about that right now, but I do want to encourage a youth pastor, if you feel like you're more competitive than you are walking in your calling, you're probably playing the game, so stop playing the game. But I do think that as we consider what does God want to do in the next, you know, five, ten years of youth ministries, I really do believe that God wants to raise up young people. God wants to use young people. I believe in the next youth pastors of America. I believe in the next young adult pastors of America. I believe in the next preachers and leaders of America. But I'm going to tell you who I believe in just as much, young people. I'm always hearing about young pe uh, about new preachers all the time. All my friends will send me a text message every now and again and be like, hey, Tyshawn, do you know who so-and-so is? Do you know who so-and-so is? And I love, if you know a preacher and you feel like Tyshawn will enjoy listening to him, send that preacher my way. I just, love, I just enjoy listening to preachers. But I came across a preacher in 2020. In 2020, I came across this preacher. And I'm telling you, I devoured all his content. This preacher, I became, I literally prayed. I said, God, let me do a conference with this preacher. Have you ever prayed with that? Be honest, stop lying. Some of y'all acting super holy. I remember seeing this guy's content and I said, God, I really want to meet him. And I really want to like do a conference with him. It would just be so cool to say I did a conference with this guy. And the guy was Elijah Lamb. If you know who Elijah Lamb is, Elijah Lamb is legit. Elijah Lamb is a full-blown teenager. I don't even think at the time of this recording, I don't even think Elijah is 19, to be honest. I think he's probably 17 or 18 years old. I did a conference in 2021 with Elijah Lamb. I believe he was 16, if not 17. And I remember they brought him in to do a session. I missed a session, unfortunately. I was one of those guys, had to do something else. But I got to spend a few moments with them. And the whole time, I was smiling ear to ear because I was seeing God use a 17-year-old. I think that's what God wants to do. I think your job will be way more exciting when you start asking, God, what 16-year-old do you want to preach at the end of the year? What 17-year-old do you want to raise up to do something significant on the weekend? If we start thinking about how to get our young people equipped and used in the ministry, your ministry will grow faster. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, and I feel bad for this, okay? My youth pastor at one point was Ben Brinkman, and my youth pastor at another point was Javen Chavez. If somehow they happen to listen to this podcast, I just want to apologize to the both of you. Because every week they said, Tyshawn, invite people. I'm not inviting people. Not every week. I'm not going to do that. You don't know how awkward it is to bring it up, you know? People talking about drugs, and you're like, hey, you want to? want to go to church? You know, it's just not always warm welcomed. Well, the first time I did offering, you best believe 
church, I invited everyone. I was 15 years old. I was in high school. They said, Tyshawn, you're doing offering. I said, offering? Oh, I invited Caesar. I invited Jordan Hicks. I invited teachers. I started screenshotting my church to people and saying, I was like, you got to come, you got to come, you got to come. Because it was so much easier to invite you to a youth ministry that I was a part of instead of a youth ministry I just went to. Because if I invite you to a youth ministry that I just go to, I'm hoping that you have the same exact experience that I had so you can go and get more involved. But if I invite you to a youth ministry that's all about involvement, by the time they see you, that leader is going to think, how can I get that young person involved? We have to leave the idea of trying to grow our rooms just for the sake of growing them and start thinking about how do we grow our young people? How do we give them opportunity? How can I put a mic in their hand? Well, Tyshawn, again, no one's trained. You know who can train them? You can. The youth pastor. You know who could help them become all the things that God has called them to be? You can. The youth pastor. No, I have a leader that does that. Model it first and then expect it later. I, if, you're, if you're watching this and you're a youth pastor, I'm telling you, if you want to see God do something so amazing and marvelous at this, this year in 2023 in your youth ministry, I want you to choose about five or six young people and build on them. Build on them. Teach them the things of God. Well, Tyshawn, you're sounding crazy. No. Eli wasn't crazy when he was allowing Samuel to minister in his presence because Eli saw something in Samuel. Did Eli see that Samuel was going to pick a king one day or pick two kings one day? I don't know if he saw that, but he saw something. And Eli probably said, I want to be a voice in this young man's life. I want to help him with the gift that God has deposited on his life. I want to be a person that when he sees, and I love this. If you actually read chapter three, I think you should read chapter three. It even shows that when Samuel was hearing the voice of God for the first time, he went to his leader and his leader was like, man, that's not me. And what's interesting is that it shows that Samuel was ministering to the Lord in chapter two, but he didn't even recognize the Lord's voice in chapter three. So if he didn't know God's voice in chapter three, what was he doing in chapter two? He probably has no idea. He was probably doing the things he saw his leaders do. He was ministering to the Lord. He was learning things for that day. He was being taught the things of God. And I think we have to do a better job, not just preaching good sermons, but empowering good students. I think we got to empower. Let this year be the year that you empower. Let this year be the year where someone from your youth ministry, how crazy would it be? I'm waiting to see this. I'm dreaming of a day. And even what I'm going to say is going to sound crazy because me as a traveling evangelist, I should be the guy that's saying, hey, bring me in for your invite night. But how crazy would it be? I just want to dream for a second. I want to take, put your notepad down and really think about what I'm going to say. How crazy would it be if you have a night where hundreds of students show up and three young people are all preaching seven minutes each? sharing their testimony. And then young people come to the altar because they hear a testimony of someone they go to school with. I'm telling you, your sermon as a 27-year-old, as a 26, 25-year-old is great, but the testimony of a student to the ears to a student, you, you, can't, you can't beat that. Students wanna see themselves on the stage. And if they don't see themselves, they will find other stages to go to. And I think what our culture and society does very well is that it empowers young people. It really does. If you're a young person right now and you want to be in business, there's something for you at 12. If you want to be a police officer, there's something available for you at 13. If you want to go into any profession, there is something for you. 
if you're called, if you're in your youth ministry, is there something for you? Is there something for a young person that comes up? I think one of the things you could ask yourself right now as this podcast is happening is what opportunity can we make every week that can be an opportunity to display a student's gifts? Maybe that is a give it a go. Maybe every week you give a young person three minutes. They get five if they're anointed, but you give them three minutes. They gave me five. They gave me way too much. They didn't understand. I said everything in the first minute, Daniel. It was all done the first minute, and I was just letting the Lord work through me for the last four, you know, a.k.a. underprepared. But I think one of the best things you can do is have a spot. Okay, every week we're going to have a student do a give a go. Every week we're going to have, you know, maybe... There's not a student that can lead worship very well, but there's one person that just looks so good. Go ahead and do what we do. Put them on stage. BGV. You know where I'm going. Mute that mic. (laughs) Mute it. And then as soon as they get done, say, oh, it sounded so good hearing you sing because you just gave them confidence and they're a part of it. And slowly but surely, they'll graduate into something else. But I think a question that you should ask yourself as a youth pastor is, where can I create opportunities for young people to be used? If you do this, they will start coming by the droves. Why? Because they're being used. And and the Bible says we're supposed to equip people for the works of the ministry, not just teach people about ministry. So let's make sure that as a youth pastor right now that you're equipping. One challenge that I give to you, if you do not have students doing stuff on stage, number one, find a way to allow students to do something on stage. Number two, I think if you haven't had a student leadership team already, establish a student leadership team. This could be something that maybe they come an hour or two hours before the service, and maybe you meet with them 15, 30 minutes. You give them a a simple principle or a simple Bible truth. You break it down, show them how to apply it that night. You have a moment of prayer and, and something like that. And doing outings with young people that you feel that God is going to use for a greater work. Um, I'll I'll never forget this conversation, and I'll probably post this conversation on Instagram because I know it'll bless Pastor Daniel Fernandez. But I remember when we were getting a new youth pastor, it was Daniel Fernandez from California, and he took me and my best friend out, and I was 19 years old, and he looked at me and my best friend Mike, and he said, by the end of this, I want to give the youth ministry to you guys. And I was looking at him, Like, bro, I don't even think they set up your direct deposit yet. And you talking about giving up the youth ministry. And you know what's crazy? He did transition off stage and Mike did become the youth pastor. Pastor Daniel, from the start, it was his heart not to see how much he can get, but it was a start from the start. He wanted to see how much he could give. From the moment he came to the youth ministry, we all started building and doing things differently because God, because we saw that God wanted to use us even as teenagers. And so I want to encourage you, every youth pastor, every young adult leader that's watching this, find a young person, develop them. Um, I'll even say this, you never know who you're developing. You really never know. I remember that um, Daniel Stango, who's a guy that he's the first employee at Tyshawn Roland Ministries, who I appreciate kindly. He travels with me. He sets up all this amazing stuff. He's actually on the other side of the camera right now. I remember the first time I heard Daniel speak, he was like 12 or 13 years old. I remember the first time Daniel started leading worship. He started leading worship and playing on the band. Daniel was a guy that came to church and just loved it. And then we said, hey, Daniel, you can be you can be involved. At the time, Daniel Stango didn't have any like goals or even gifts that we knew of. But slowly but surely, he started seeing that he could get involved. And I'm going to tell you 
what involvement did to the guy that's on the other side of this camera. He started learning how to play the bass. I didn't even, I remember when he was a kid, I was like, he ain't gonna play the bass. Oh, he is playing the bass. He is playing that thing. He's like, I'm gonna learn the guitar. I was like, he ain't gonna play the guitar. Oh, he playing the guitar. Oh, he, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna learn the drums. Daniel, you ain't black. You ain't gonna, he starts playing the drums. He starts preaching. He starts leading. God was, Daniel has so many gifts in him that I don't even have, but I'm so grateful that when he was just a boy, I just got to be in his life and say, hey, bro, let's just believe that God can use you. What do you want to do? And I'm seeing now a young man, 24 years old, being used by God in a great way, working for a very prestigious ministry, very, very prestigious ministry. But it all started not when he was 24. It started when he was 14. And when he was 14, he had opportunities to be uh, to be used at his church. So I want to make sure every youth pastor find a place, create a space, build a student team. So young people that aren't being used start being used at your church. And I'm telling you, you're going to see God do some incredible things in your youth ministry. I hope this episode was an encouragement to you. I hope that you can honestly just apply some things right now. Maybe you have some ideas that are just kind of spinning off in your head. A few things that I would love for you to do is maybe comment something you would love to hear me talk a little bit more about, or maybe some questions that I didn't ask, or maybe some ways that maybe I'm not thinking of your specific situation. If you have any specific youth ministry question, don't hesitate to DM, don't hesitate to comment, but I pray that this blesses you. But like, subscribe and comment and I'll see you next week.